The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, all you scrotum suckers and taint ticklers and frenulum finaglers? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Yeah, I'm uh, broadcasting right now from the inside of uh, my Toyota Camry as I'm waiting for alternate side parking to end. Hi. If you're new to the program, this is a podcast where, uh, you know, I started a little over five years ago talking to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. And we've got a great guest on this week, past partner, hey, maybe future partner, again, TBD, we'll see, um, Anna Super Sluts, or maybe now it's more like Anna Super Friendly and still sometimes kind of slutty slut. You'll hear more about that later. Um, she is back. Uh, Anna was last on the show last year uh, on episode 205. Go check it out if you haven't. You know, I know at the, the end of last week's episode, I know this happened last month too, but, you know, I announced it was going to be a different guest and we were going to have on someone who forgot she had sex with me. As in, uh, we were DMing on Instagram and I had asked her to do the show and she's like, well, we haven't hooked up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Remember we had sex that time you came over and uh, she does not remember. Might have to do with the fact that she's uh, currently in a sober living facility. Oops. So uh, she canceled last minute again. I <laughs> bit flaky, you know, um, it happens. We'll get her when we can. Anna is fantastic. Great episode coming up. But first... Show get them hot. Get them dates. Show dates. Yes, Chicago. Come on. It's so close. We're getting there. Your very own Man or Podcast live show, June 28th, 9 p.m. at North Bar in Wicker Park. Look, go get your tickets now, people. You want me there, Chicago, right? Got to show me you want me there, all right? Get your tickets today. Don't wait for the next one. You never know when that's going to be. Don't assume there's a next one. This is the one to come to. Three stand-ups are going to do their sets. They're all going to get interrupted by one of their exes. And then we're going to talk about why they didn't work out. You're not going to want to miss it, so get your tickets right now. Manwhorepod.com slash tour. Use promo code Billy for $5 off. Yeah, I'm giving you $5 off literally just for listening to the show. Uh, New York City, if you want to see me do some stand-up, I'm going to be at Friends and Lovers on June 19th at 8 p.m. That's a free comedy show. Now, for a couple of your emails before we get to, uh, to, to my dear friend, Anna. This one is titled, uh, Random Question. It's not so random. You planned on emailing. It's not random. It says, Hi, Billy. I'm a huge fan of your podcast and need some advice. My partner and I are wildly interested in a couple's erotic massage. However, I'm struggling with figuring out how to achieve this without, one, getting arrested, or two, being beaten, robbed, or killed. 
How do I find a legit service that will provide the fantasy we have, but in a safe manner? Help. <laughs> this one comes from Jay. The first thing I asked was just like, I asked him to define what he meant by safe and legit. So when I asked, he said, safe and legit means someone who is professional, isn't a cop, and won't rob or kill us. Also, my knowledge is limited um, to New York City. I've, I've paid for sex work outside of New York just on a limited basis and also in a very different era. Because right now, the landscape has completely changed for finding, like, you know, solid sex workers. Because uh, we live in a post-SESTA-FOSTA world, people. And not for nothing, the effects of SESTA-FOSTA trickling down. Salesforce is getting sued under SESTA-FOSTA. There's things happening to regular, ordinary people. But, you know, take this all for what it's worth. Uh, and, hey, if I have any sex worker listeners who would like to email me what they think, uh, their responses to this question, especially for, like, people outside of, like, New York and L.A., we would love to know how to find a sex worker, a quality sex worker in, you know, a different area. So please email me. Anyways, I want to start with his term safe because let's just be real clear. Sex workers are kind of like wild animals uh, in that settle down. Listen to the whole sentence. You know, they're like wild animals, just only only in the sense that they're more scared of you than you are of them. These people face constant threats of like violence from, you know, Johns and law enforcement with no recourse. Because if they go to the police, say, after again, raped or assaulted, they can get arrested for being a sex worker. They'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. But also you're arrest, You're, you know, under arrest. Not cool, right? So these threats are like super real and they're documented and also sadly undocumented. So I'm not saying Johns have never been robbed by, you know, prostitutes, but this happens to them way more than it will likely happen to you. So let's just drop the concern about getting robbed or murdered outside of the usual daily concern of being robbed or murdered, right? You operate through the world, you go into a deli, you could be robbed or murdered there. You still go to the deli. So let's just move. You, you know, you don't go fi- looking for a legit deli. I'm just looking for one that does a good grilled cheese. Um, if the person is legit, then you shouldn't worry about that. And now we move on to the word legit. Let's talk about that. Um, obviously, you, we mean not a cop. I think we all um, prefer that unless that's your fetish. Then good luck. I would say treat this like any other job when you're thinking about hiring a legit person. Do they have a website? Do they use professional language when they when talking about happy ending massages? Do they have professional f- pictures? I mean, we'll ignore some of the various like classes concerns, like uh, you know, the fact that capitalism is weird and privileged sex workers like may have an upper hand because they could like afford to get good pictures taken or just have the knowledge base of how to do websites, whatever. We're gonna ignore that just for a moment. But like think of yourself kind of like a shopper. You want to look for something that is like professional. And the reality is that if you have a professional website, it reasonably suggests there'll be a better service. And I'm, and I'm not saying people without those things can't be excellent companions, but it does make the shopping process difficult when there isn't a, a website or photos or reviews, etc. So I would say treat it like hiring a plumber. There used to be a time when you could search the erotic review to see like what other people had to say about that provider. And there's still some sites like Slixa and Eros, but... I honestly have not used them myself, so I don't know if they help in the reviews department, but I do know some people are putting ads on there. You may have to take a referral, honestly, from a friend or take a chance. Like I was outside of a <laughs> I was outside of an open mic 
talking to some comics and, and one thing led to another and happy ending massages come up and I mentioned the, the, the lady I like to see who lives in my neighborhood and I gave her a referral. Ask a friend if you have a friend who's very open about hiring sex workers. Ask like, hey, do you mind passing me a number? It also might be an idea to book a one-on-one short session, half hours if it's offered, an hour otherwise, with a provider you find because that way you can kind of test it out for the couples. You know, if you dig like the cut of her jib, uh, the need of her knuckle, the toke of her stroke, Ask her at the end if she offers doubles with a friend or offers a couple's massage. Um, so, yeah, like I said earlier, Eros is one spot. I know some people are advertising. You might find some sly postings in other sections of Craigslist, but your mileage may vary. Um, I'd be careful there. Another great way uh, to find a sex worker in your city is to look on Twitter or the low-key alternative, something called Switter. You can go look into it yourself. Um, because a lot of a lot of sex workers do tour, a lot of escorts tour around uh, to other cities, and they tend to post their whereabouts in their bios or in their name. They'll like alter their name, Jennifer, Chicago to New York City from these dates. And a great way to find sex workers on Twitter is to to check out the Twitter hashtag S W I T T E R Twitter for sex worker Twitter, so to speak. You can also find bigger, more public sex workers. That, and that, if you look through their followers, like you might, that might lead you on to other accounts. Like you're just gonna have to do some research and pop around if you if you don't have a specific person to ask, or if you're not seeing ads in your city. So and take and take this all with a grain of salt because again, things have changed, and I haven't shopped much since those changes. And if any of this upsets you, call your representatives and tell them you oppose Sesta Foster and you would like to see it repealed. Because uh, if it's going to get struck down in the courts, it's, it could take years. And again, sex workers, if you got any anyone listening, if you have suggestions yourself, please email me, manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to pass along your tips. This, this, this other email I want to read is just adorable, and I've been sitting on it because I had Uber Lube as the sponsor. I didn't want to seem like I was uh, forcing this email in when there was a lube sponsor, so I wanted to wait till afterwards when technically they're not sponsoring this episode. The email, the subject line is about lube. And he writes, Hey, Billy. Okay, so I was just wondering what particular lubricant you would recommend for someone who is single. Because the thing is that I hear it works best with couples. But what about someone who is solo, though? Have a good night. Oh, honey. Uh, mm, okay. Oh, gosh. I think I am. And this guy sent me some other emails. And from what I gather, he might be a slightly less experienced uh, fella in the sex department. Okay. Lubes are very often marketed as great for couples. Because they're looking to expand their market by showing all of the lo- uses for lube. So yes, lube is good to have on hand for penetrative sex. It's also great for masturbation. It's also great for non-sexual uses. I've learned like wetsuits and preventing chafing when you run. But um, dude, you just need to pick a type of lube and brand that you dig. Like if it says on the box, great for couples, it's also great for you. I promise it will still be. It doesn't only become slippery when a penis and a vagina or two sets of genitals rub against each other. I promise you just got to go find what you want to. There's um there. And, and again, I'm not an expert. Let's all remember just a comedian with a fuck show. But I can tell you that there are water based lubes. 
So if you dig those, have at it. They're super slippery, but um, some some of them can leave a super sticky residue. I don't really like that very much. Water-based lubes can also dry up quickly from my personal experience. Um, I, they're great for like, I find them good for intercourse or for using with sex toys. Like I use a water-based lube when I want to, you know, put something inside of me, for example. Personally, I really, really, really like a good silicone-based lube, like Uber Lube. I, that's my personal one. Um, I've used them before, uh, and I really like that it doesn't dry out quickly, and it does feel smooth when I stroke. But I also like having the variety available. So I have a water-based lube. I have a silicone-based lube. I think there's like another type of lube that I can't quite... Oil-based, that's what it is. Uh, there are oil-based lubes. But you, you know, you need to find what you dig. Um, go try a few. Try a few. Go to a... Honestly, just go to a sex shop. Go to a sex toy store. Go to a good one, like a Bayland, uh, a Good Vibes, a Purple Passion, whatever you got. Go to the feminist-owned sex toy shop in your area and just say like, hey, I haven't really used a lot of lubes before. Uh, I'm looking for good ones for masturbation. And they'll even let you kind of test them. Not with your dick, but like they'll let you take like a squirt and you can feel them with your hands and you can get an idea. Try them out, dude. But don't be put off by the packaging. It's just, it's just a marketing thing, okay? So adorable. If you have a question, you want to send me a comment, question, boobies, whatever, send it to manwhorepod at gmail.com. And now for the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay, I promise it's just a moment. This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank a few of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Thank you for keeping a roof over my head and condoms in my drawer. Okay, all right. I want to say a thank you to Dan. Dan, I I got nothing. The only thing I have to say is you're next in line for the peep show. Shoot me a kick message, dude, if you want in on our super naughty NSFW kick group you're next up don't miss your spot but thank you for the support shout out to omer fellow brooklyn boy man i'm glad i got i'm glad brooklyn is properly represented in our fan whore community and i want to give a big thank you to neely uh one of one of my least my least expected patrons probably of all time uh we'll just say that i met her in a setting in which i Never thought I would meet anyone who shared uh, the passion for the phrase, stay slutty. And you too can become a member of our fan whore community on Patreon. We have a secret Facebook group that a lot of people really enjoy. We have weekly episode comment threads. We do sexual achievement Sunday shares. People like to ask each other questions and be like, how do you do poly? Where do you store your sex toys? How do you do date night when you got kids? Lots of discussion going on in there, okay? And you can join it for as low as $2 a month. And it supports me and this show. All you got to do to become a member is go to patreon.com slash podcast. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, Anna! Not so much a super slut slut. Hey, uh, Anna's a dear friend, and our friendship has looked a lot of different ways over the years. I think I've known her now like four years. And I really love where our friendship is at. Do I wish I had a few extra blowjobs in there? Of course, but like that's that's not where the value is in that relationship anymore like it used to be. I'm not going to summarize. I'm just going to let you uh, 
hear me chit-chat with my dear friend, Anna. Well, you have 30,000 grams mm-hmm. of cyclovir now. Great. Um, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, that was, it'd be fun to have you back because just life's good and like things have been going on with you and things are different also like you have sucked my dick since last time you've been on this this is true so it's like yeah curious i have i have questions and yeah what what we can chat about that um i may have answers you have i may i don't know okay we'll find out well so you you we sat so before one of the gangbangs in january Mm -hmm. right um we had this like semi-long discussion about how you were like i'm not really in the dicks right now yeah and then out of nowhere like during the gangbang i'm fucking her and i look over and you're blowing a couple of the guys yeah and i was like didn't you just say like you're like couldn't be less interested in dicks yeah <laughs> that happened during the gangbang um which you hosted by the way which i hosted and thank you <laughs> i think this was the second gangbang this that was I came my to. this was the second gangbang on my docket I, I hosted three in like a month yeah yeah so and you 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 came by to fuck once yeah with the strap on and then you were like i want to do that again yeah and then you hosted it here and you did that again yes okay yeah, yeah. so the first gangbang was um i wasn't well i also was there i wasn't like playing host or anything um and because it was at your place um we had the specific instructions of getting in and out which Mm. ran very effectively and smoothly so my purpose was to come in fuck her and then get out quickly right which is what happened i felt uh during this gangbang first of all (laughs) the one that was at here at my place um the level of attractiveness of the guys was like unlike i had ever seen mm-hmm. at any other gangbang much better they right? were all like super attractive do you know why um because she had specific qualifications and i think that maybe you sent her pictures and she did yes no maybe she did want to screen them because the other two gangbangs were with blindfolds so yeah. looks didn't technically matter right yeah so this was like a very attractive group of guys. I think there were like eight guys here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, every single man that was here was attractive. Um, or someone at least that I was attracted sure. to. So the gangbang started and I felt a little like out of place. Like I wasn't quite sure where I was like fitting in in this situation. Um, I also am... I wasn't clear if she had really ever played with women before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone is naked. Um, I think we're all kind of circling. We're around all circling her, around, yeah. around her. She is, uh, she has like cocks in both hands and in her mouth and you know, whatever we end up moving into the bedroom. Everyone uh, is kind of like standing around in the room. Um, and so I think I started going down on, um, I think I started going down on Andrew first. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Start with something familiar. Yeah. Start with something familiar. <laughs> it's like, I, I know this one. Yeah, yeah. I know this one. I've known this one for a while. Um, And I just was like excited to kind of like be of service okay. there. Um, I mean, everyone, it was a very like sexually charged energy here, um, which I definitely felt. And it was exciting for me to be able to uh, prepare people for the gangbang. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's like, it's interesting to try to like find your place in like a sexual situation, yeah. like in group sex. So like when you start blowing Andrew, the part of that I have to do is just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I was kind of like, I don't know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because the woman was very occupied and I didn't, I mean, I, you know, I don't have um, like a cock to stand around and hold. So I just took someone else's cock gotcha. to stand around and hold. <laughs> but what, so what's the, so it was just more about like being of service. So what's been with the, this dick interest thing? Cause I, that yeah. seems to have been going up and down since it's, this he, year. Well, I, I would say it's been going up and down or it, it, before <laughs> this year, it had been going down okay. the interest. Um, you know, that's something that I notice that I think about, but I don't have just like a whole lot of answers. I got, I found myself just being more attracted to women in general, um, physically, emotionally. Hmm. Um, I find women for me to just kind of women are just easier for me to connect with sure but you're also like you're in a super slut like you like this this is a newer occurrence and that like jesus like when we used like when we were fucking consistently you had all the stories and all these dudes on dial and being like yeah just some dudes like two dudes from tinder came on over and just you know we fucked that night and that's it like you were into fucking the dudes and so there's some kind of shift like was there anything that happened in in that time frame when things were going downhill that maybe Women started to seem more appealing, or maybe women start seeming more appealing because something happens with dudes that makes just the entire gender look like crap. Well, that I feel like kind of consistently happens in today's world, where we at least like are aware of the shitty things that men are doing that makes the entire gender look like crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that that's like a part of it. I don't think that that's a super significant part of it for me. Mm. Um. I've gotten to where I do enjoy being in, um, being at play parties and like in those situations. I, but I don't get as much enjoyment from it as I used to. Like last night, I declined invitations to two play parties to have a night out with friends. Um, it's just like new. It was brand new. Uh, last night was our first night and like, quote unquote super secret which also just like annoys me um, <laughs> wait so you don't feel flattered because if i get invited to the super secret one then i'm like moi like, well, i wasn't myself i i was gonna be a plus one sure uh my partner got the email i did not you just um, down. and then i you know i i didn't want to go i found 
like some other things that were more appealing to me. <laughs> Wait, something <laughs> more do? appealing other than an orgy? <laughs> right. What kind of lives do we live? We're like, ah, I think I'll skip that orgy. I like, know. Isn't that absurd? It is absurd, but it's also like there's always another orgy. <sighs> you know, Jefferson's literally only said one thing, right? And yeah, that was, and that's it. That's what it was. There's always another orgy. <laughs> and... um. I'm finding that I don't need to go to every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, I think part of that too is having like consistent sexual partners in which the quality of sex keeps improving. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that's what I'm interested in most of the time. It's just like high quality sex and not high quantity Mm -hmm. sex. Because I have my my tolerance for um, mediocre and less sex has just like really gone down. I just get bored. I don't want to be there. Uh-huh. I will leave situations in which the sex is like not good and it's not going to improve. Yeah. Um, was I mediocre sex that needed to not that wasn't improving? No, you weren't. Um I, when you and I stopped fucking, um, that was like three years ago, maybe. And we just like, we stopped fucking because I was like in a very bad mm-hmm. emotional place. And then we never resumed. And, um, I don't really. I don't really know why we didn't resume. I know that that was my call. Definitely your call. <laughs> I'm I am perpetually game. You're very hot and very fun. Thank you. <laughs> um, that was my call, and honestly, I don't I don't really know why. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't really know why. I think I think if you don't know why you. I don't know what it means when you don't know why you don't want to fuck someone. I think it means a whole world of a thing when you don't know why you are fucking someone. Yeah. Uh, that one I know I know is like a bad sign. It's like if you don't know why you're fucking someone, maybe you yeah. shouldn't be. But the I don't know why we're not is uh, is a more is a question I don't know what you know the, the implications of that are. Yeah. And something also I feel like we talk about a lot as I've been you know tightening up my dick game yeah. or something and. I mean, you said to me recently, like, I'm so proud you didn't fuck someone you didn't want to fuck. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, like, I was in a scenario and I just said I didn't want to. And you were like, good job. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, I, that's something that it, over the past, like, couple of years, I've been very in tune to because I used to just, like, not say no. And mm-hmm. I would say yes to people that I didn't really want to fuck. And um, I got tired of doing that because I wasn't like having great experiences. I wasn't having the sexual experiences that I wanted to have mm-hmm. by fucking people that I didn't want to fuck. Like surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, and I find now that I'm just more selective with who I share a sexual space with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel also maybe part of that is because I feel like sexually satisfied because I I'm having consistently, high quality sex um and my sexual needs are being met and so i don't feel like i need to 
fuck every single person that comes my way. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I do feel the need to do is build uh, emotional relationships and friendships with people and continue to like build upon those. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like the situation last night where I had the opportunity to be with a group of my friends that I don't necessarily share sexual spaces with and on one hand. And then on the other hand, I had the opportunity to go to a play party Mm -hmm. or go to two play parties. Um, one, which was a definite no. Um, Mm -hmm. but the second one was hashtag loyalty, hashtag loyalty. (laughs) And we can get into that later if you want. Um, and the second one, I was just kind of on the fence about, and I chose to instead have an entire evening with my friends. Yeah. Um, which do your was, friends know that you turned down a, a sex party to hang out with them? Yeah. And and do they do they question you or do they just feel even more grateful? I think it's both. Okay. I think it's both. But it's also, I mean, I'm not um you know, when they asked me why I didn't go to the sex party, my first uh answer was well, one of the sex parties, one of my friend's exes is hosting. And I was like, I, I don't want to be there. You know, I'm, this is, this is a friend that I love and care about. And this is a shitty situation. And this person has like continued to kind of be disrespectful and, um, shitty here. And I'm not going to, I don't want to be in that space. I don't want to be in a sexual space that this person has created. Um, and so my friends are like, okay, yeah, understandable. But my friends also know that like, I carry more salt for other people than I probably even carry for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think that they were also grateful that I just like chose to kind of like organize this night for everybody that ended up going until six in the morning, you know? Um, Where'd y'all go? Great. So we did this like a uh, super secret pop up, like art installation thing, and uh, it's a really cool event um, where different groups of people. I think it was probably like twelve groups of people um, create art installations on one super secret block in the city. <laughs> And it's like performance art and visual art. Um, what did y'all make? We didn't make anything. We just uh, participated in the performance arts that were there and um, hung out. And it's open for four hours and then they shut it down. Mm. And so we did that. And then we went over to uh, one of my friend's place in Jersey City. So it was kind of like a road trip. Okay. Um, and we stayed in Jersey City and... Uh, we had like a big cuddle puddle and some of us, you know, took naps. We made grilled cheeses and tater tots and then That's got the in the car. That's the I'm so excited for <laughs> now that I'm not dieting is grilled cheese. Oh, my God. They're so good. I haven't had grilled cheese in six, seven, eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so then we got in the car and came back to Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. It's a fun night with friends. You know, a normal, great. non-sexy night. Don't, you know, I... I I'm still working on making the similar mature decisions, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And and building those 
friendships or I like maintaining them, you know, because yeah. you don't want to lose them. Yeah. Um, if anything, I feel like our friendship has grown vastly. It definitely uh, has. Especially since doing the podcast. Yeah. Uh, if anything, actually, and I don't think it came up. I was going to listen and I didn't. I don't think it came up last time, but like I was a wasn't salty, but I was confused after the page breakup because mm-hmm. like you took me to this, um, you took me out for like a little picnic and watched Square Park and we're like, no, we're going to do this and we're going to read, uh, was it Milk and Honey? Yeah, we right? read Milk and like, Honey. Yeah. It was great. And you told me and like I walked, you know, walked you to a train. You say, is it okay if I tell you that I love you? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. And, mm-hmm. and then I didn't hear from you yeah. for a while and it was hard to get you to do and then i'm like because here's the thing i assume a lot of people either are being nice to me just to be nice to me or i can't tell where people stand because yeah. we know the those the blonde chicks who go like oh my god i love you yeah yeah it's my sister like yeah. kelly is just like she loves everybody yeah. i mean but what does that even mean right so and, but when you said it, it seemed so earnest and then I, I i felt like i didn't have that friend yeah and that was confusing for me because yeah. I had lost the sexual partner, which is like fine. Um, and then, you know, someone says something deep and then was poof gone. And I've been really happy that like we have r- grown a stronger bond in the last like year or so. Cause yeah, that was like a really confusing several months for me or, sure. or, or six months or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Nice to, it's nice to say that now, but uh, yeah, thank you for telling me, and I'm sorry that you felt that way, but no, like acknowledge right. why you felt that way. Yeah, um, and I don't have an answer for that. No, that's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding it to trial, but it was no, like it was definitely like a thing in our in the course of our like relationship that like I, you know, it was weird. I would be like, oh, because I don't know what friendship is. Mm-hmm. I know what fucking is. I know what ha- I know how to have a I know how to have a sexual relationship. Yeah. I know how to have a not great romantic relationship, apparently, and I know how to like you know keep in touch with comedy people but like friendships platonic friendships or like mostly platonic yeah sometimes i blow you at a gangbang i don't know how those are and i don't i'm like well people seem to hang out with like humans seem to hang out with humans i feel like i need a manual that aliens get when they visit it's like what do the humans do with friends okay they hang out they talk and i was like i don't do that with anyone i still don't know who my like i think i know who my close friends are but I also don't know how, like, all of them value me. Right. And so, I don't know. It's a weird, vulnerable place to be in because it's friendship is the one relationship I really have no clue how to do. Yeah. 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 It's uh, It takes a lot of practice. I think that I learned – or I, I don't think this. I, I very much know this. I learned how to be a friend from my friends. Mm. Um, I don't know where they learned it. <laughs> but I just learned how to show up in friendship from the people – in my life who are my friends who show up for me. What's an example of someone like showing up for you and you were like, wait, am I supposed to do that? Fuck. <laughs> um, I'll, I have a couple of examples. Okay. Um, I, my, one of my best friends, Michelle, um, who lives here in New York, uh, when I, it was, I mean, this is like four or five years ago. And, um, I was going through a, a pretty hard time in my life and, uh, there was a blizzard happening and, um, I was home alone crying. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. Michelle lives in Manhattan and Michelle got on the train, came to my apartment in the middle of a blizzard, brought ch- like picked up Chinese food on the way and stayed over with me that night. 
um, super inconvenient to do. And she did it anyway because I needed her. And um, I've learned how to do that for people. Uh, Is that something you didn't realize to do? I mean, I would. I know I sound like I'm autistic when I'm trying to explain how my relationship to friendship. uh, But, you know, I genuinely never really learned. I guess what, what was different in that situation was when she asked me do you want me to come over? Are you going to be okay? And I was like, no, you don't have to come over. Like, I will be fine. I'm having a really hard night. Just like, keep your phone by you. And her just saying, no, I'm, I'm just going to come over anyway. Mm. It's fine. Um, and I do that. I, w- I wasn't doing that before that happened. When someone, when I would ask someone, do you want me to come over? And they were like, no, it's okay. And you were like, whew, I'm off the hook. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> you know? Kind of, you, yeah. which is shitty. From when you go, like, is there anything I can do? And you're just like, please don't let it be major. Right, right. <laughs> like when I say like anything, I mean anything I can do with my phone. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so, uh, you know, since since that night, um, I'll do that for people when I say, do you want me to come over? And I know that someone's like in distress because I've been on the phone with them or they're texting me or whatever um, to, to ask uh, if they want me to come over or drop food off or take them out or whatever. Um, and if they're like, no, it's okay. I'm going to be fine to just show up anyway. And I don't have to give up a whole night. I mean, I need to be prepared to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another thing too that I learned is to not like offer to do everything unless I'm prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also don't offer it because it's going to just because you're going to feel good because you don't want to show up and they only need you for 20 minutes. Yeah. And in your head it was like, I was, I was prepared to spend all night with you. Right, That's right. what they do in the movies. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And so to not offer something that I can't give. Mm-hmm. And um, if, you know, if someone sounds like kind of on the fence, just showing up. And then, you know, they may only need 20 minutes or they may only need a walk around the block, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but just like actually showing up. To see someone in real life other than sending a, hey, thinking about you, hope you feel better text um, is really meaningful, you know, when when it's been really meaningful for me when I've been in, in tough spots. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot more comfortable just asking for what I need. Yeah. Um, it's also weird when you... Because I don't feel like the friend people call for stuff often. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes that makes me – it's not like an ego thing where I'm like, what, you don't need me? It's just more like, oh, does that mean I am not – like, do you not value me in the way I value you? Not mm-hmm. you specifically. Yeah, but yeah. That, there's some friends of mine who are, who are like that where, like, I reach out and lean on them and, and they never really – do that the same and I, I i sometimes it makes me question like what the friendship means to them i think that was always a big fear of mine uh was being friends with someone and thinking that they're more into the friendship than they are right because as a kid like the the big thing one of the biggest insults bullies would do is they'd be like you don't have any friends and i'd list a f- couple names and they'd be like no they're just being nice to you they're just or their parents told mm-hmm. them they have to hang out with you or uh, but they don't actually like you yeah and that would turn out to be true so often or at minimum 
Like they were nice kids whose parents did tell them to hang out with me and they were just trying to be nice. And that made me like not trust any of my friendships for like a long ass time. Right. You know, and, and I don't know. It's weird. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel more comfortable with ours now. And there's a couple others I'm starting to feel that way about, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I feel good about our friendship too. Mm. Um, I do like that, uh, not to like get coarse, but I do like that you were like, I actually don't know why we stopped fucking. I was like, oh, cool. That means it wasn't like a specific thing. No, there wasn't a specific thing. Um, and honestly, there will always be a, a reptilian part going like, so there's a chance. <laughs> always going to be that. There wasn't a specific thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want you to be like insulted by this, but I don't like exactly like remember the sex, but I'm going to say that that's like a good thing because I remember like very horrible like sex situations. Like that's what I like from people that I've fucked years ago. I don't remember really the quality of any of it unless it was really bad. Okay. Like, and I have like a list of people on my phone that after their name, it says horrible fuck. And so that's (sighs) just so I know, like if I get hit up again, yeah, like it's there, um, like because I have one you won't phone, remember, and you have to. I go, won't remember, oh, and I fun. want to remember. Yeah. You know, one that like hits me up consistently is this guy I fucked like five years ago once, and I it was literally so bad that I got up in the middle of it, put on my clothes, and left. Ooh. And motherfucker still hits me up, um, and in my phone he's Sam horrible fuck. Oh, where's um, baby Jew? Baby Jew still baby Jew. Um, no, no horrible phone. fuck tag. No, he he was uh. He wasn't great. It went, when we started um, hooking up, he wasn't that great because he was very young, yeah, he's you like know? 22, and, he's yeah, a child. and he just like didn't have the experience. <laughs> and he um he did improve over the course of like, I don't know, somewhere between like nine months to a year sure. that we saw each other. Um he improved, but I also just genuinely enjoyed hanging out with them. He yeah. was a he was a fun guy. Yeah. Um, that is a, that is the thing that wait, so I'm, I'm back on the I did make a new Tinder. Oh, nice! Congratulations! I, I haven't been on for a little over a year. When Steve Dean posted that he'd been banned from Tinder, I took it all less personally. I was nice. like, okay, I'll come back because <laughs> I was like, well, he's like the guy, so you know, no one's mad at him, and uh, he's even off. So I made a new one, and like you see all the things in the bios of like no hookup swipe left, but I always get confused by that because I'm like, do you mean you don't like? casual sex or do you mean you don't want one night stands because i also don't like one night stands but i really enjoy having consistent casual sex say with you with someone who i also would like hang out with or watch like the kentucky unc game or something yeah like i want my ideal situation if we're not going to be romantic partners is we enjoy hanging out and fucking Mm -hmm. i do like that's why i don't that's part of why i don't tend to like fuck people the first time i meet them because i don't want it to be a one night stand right um and and that's you, been like a consistent rule for you for like years. Yeah. And I mean, it's not a hard, steadfast rule. It's more of a guideline because I, yeah. I do trust myself to make the decision because part of it had to do with I don't like one night stands. Another part of it was I want to make sure and it's part of why I don't like one night stands is I want to make sure I'm fucking people that I know I want to fuck. Mm-hmm. So like if I if I met you there's a, and I fucked you the first time. Hi, Jay. There's a good p- chance. I was like, yeah, I would definitely fuck this person again. Like she's super hot yeah. um, and fun. And yeah, and earlier you were talking about like mediocre sex. That's mm-hmm. kind of another reason why I'm like, I don't want to accidentally be a bad lay that they mm-hmm. never see again. I'd rather do some foreplay because like I can, t- 
if the foreplay ain't great, it's such low stakes to stop a blowjob or for someone to tell me you can stop or for someone to like softly grab my wrist while I'm fingering her yeah. probably poorly and her be like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. That's all lower stakes. But to like be inside someone and and then be able to also see in her eyes that she's not into it. Yeah. Oh boy, that's yeah. not fun. That's that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one for sure. Um yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. And um, I think it is, it's a, it's definitely from someone who uh, stops sexual situations when it's not good. Cause I, I really just don't have a problem saying, Hey, um, I'm not feeling this anymore. Is that how you'll say it yeah. in, the, in the throw of it? Yeah. I'll <laughs> say, you know, I'm just not feeling this anymore. While he's inside you, or do you tell him like, do you like get him outside before? No, I get him outside. Yeah. Okay. You say, yeah. "Hey, hold on, real quick." Yeah. And then, I'm yeah. feeling it. And uh, it's how however, does that go? It depends on the person. And here's the thing: I've gotten to where, and part of it is when it is like mediocre to bad sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just have a hard time pretending that I'm into something that I'm not. And if I I know that I want to stop a sexual situation when I'm thinking in my mind, when is this going to be over? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, you know, I, I'm assuming for the other person when I stop sex, it doesn't feel good, but it also doesn't feel good for me mm-hmm. when I am, you know, sexually intimate with someone thinking about when is this going to be over? Yeah. As soon as you're thinking like, when's Jeopardy on? It's yeah. Like, that's a good like, time. Exactly. So. Do I have time to squeeze in one more Game of Thrones episode? <laughs> That's exactly when to stop. Yeah. Um, so there are, I, I would say that the majority of people are very respectful mm-hmm. and are like, okay, cool. We don't have to do this. Do you want to talk? And sometimes maybe I want to, but then sometimes I'm like, no, I just kind of want to be done with this entire situation. Sure. Do you um, do the same with relationships or does it take you longer to to put the stop on it what do you mean well okay you're in you're in a sexual situation yeah. you want to stop you're kind of good at like as soon as i realize uh i don't want to be doing this you just say i don't want to be doing this yeah in a relationship are you as quick like he'll turn or mm. is it does it take you longer to get up the hey i'm not like in a romantic relationship yeah in a romantic relationship mm. that's what i'm at it's interesting i've been uh kind of uh, examining this and talking about this a lot recently mm-hmm. because I have historically been like feeling uh, the that feeling of I don't like this anymore um, and then quickly putting the brakes on it and leaving. Um, I have historically done that often and really not even given the other person a chance to um to respond you know i will literally just have the breakup talk there is no coming back from that no negotiation Um, no negotiation Mm -hmm. no like here are my issues do you think we can fix this no hey just no break for a month just no you are done done um that's been my like kind of historical thing Mm -hmm. um I am trying to change that um, because 
the relationships that I were in that I did this to, they weren't bad relationships and they were with quality humans. Um, and I see that it was unfair of me to not at least give it a chance, not at least give the person a chance to respond or to negotiate or to try to like work things out. It just wasn't fair. Um, and there are some people that it just needs to end. Yeah. I don't, this isn't to say like, Hey, every relationship should be like given all these chances. Right. Right. Not every relationship should. Um, but you know, I've had a few past relationships that, you know, it may not have worked out in the long run. Mm. Um, but I, didn't even give it a chance and it wasn't fair. Mm. And, um, you know, I can honestly say with one in particular that I regret not giving that person a chance. Um, and thankfully he and I are, um, really good platonic friends Mm. now. Um, but I, I do live with some regret for not giving him a chance. Yeah. And right now you're in, you have one, serious partner or mm-hmm. do you have multiple right now no i just have one right okay. now you had the triad before yeah and she's gone okay mm-hmm. but then you also have like other fun stuff going on yeah so i have uh other play partners but okay. i just have one romantic partner and how long have you two now been we'll just call them c is that yeah, fair we'll, we'll call, call them c. c how long have you two been together now it's like two, two years? and a half years yeah very nice mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so um it's really been in my relationship with him that I have given him the when when something's going on that I talk about it and it's not a breakup talk. Mm. It's a hey, this is a issue that's going on. Let's discuss it. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on it because my perspective may not be totally accurate. And it's not always as uh calm toned as you're doing it right now. It's I mean, not you, always. You've been pretty pissed sometimes. I've been pretty pissed sometimes. I reached out to you a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh incensed. You know, Um, and it's interesting because that situation, I'll explain the situation. Um, So my partner sent me a text accidentally um, that was problematic for me because it uh, was a... uh, text that in the context was what I thought it it used demeaning language about women and I was absolutely enraged when I read it and uh, texted him and said I believe that you sent this to the wrong person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this is extremely problematic. Um, and then we did later discuss it. Um, but that is something that I would have broken up with someone over immediately um, in the past. Um, yeah. And so my relationship, well, I feel that it is, you know, joyous and, <laughs> supportive and loving and you know all these great things most of the time sometimes it's just not Mm -hmm. sometimes it's enraging sometimes it's terrifying um 
And that's okay. And it's okay. It doesn't have to mean it's over. (laughs) It doesn't have to mean it's over. I don't know, you know, what point now that I would like consider something over. Um, But I know that I'm now more willing to at least have the conversations Mm -hmm. to try to uh, maintain the relationship. You seem willing to ride the roller coaster instead of like at the bottom of one hill. You're like, okay, get off. It's like, no, you you recognize it's up and down. And, yeah, and like that. Honestly, I was I was more surprised he survived the disinterest in Dick's phase. Yeah, like, well, I was. That was when when you talked to me about that. I was like, oh boy, when was this gonna be <laughs> for them? Gen- yeah. genuinely i genuinely was like concerned i was like okay like cool and that's why i was shocked to see you like you know blowing the people and then yeah. even more when i was getting one but i was just like what does this mean for the relationship yeah. if she's not as much into dicks into like dicks, yeah. i mean granted like y'all are poly so he can go fuck other exactly. people and that was a thing mm-hmm. you seem to have leaned on a bit yeah um and you did share like how yeah like i'm not like sometimes we fuck and i don't always i'm not always super enthusiastic mm-hmm. but like i love my you know partner and i'm yeah. gonna you know, give him some things now as you figure out where you're at. And yeah, yeah, that was the thing I, I thought would have been the the issue. Yeah, that was that, that text. I was like, you're going to not be angry tomorrow about this. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, were... I did not think it was as problematic as you thought it was. <laughs> well, so you I was probably like... <laughs> didn't. I was like, like seeing red when I yes, read you were. it. Oh, I my like, God. I be was fine tomorrow. Yeah, You'll be better. <laughs> I was like horrified. Oh, gosh. Um, and then. Yeah. Calm down. I he uh, he engaged in yeah. a calm conversation with me mm-hmm. um, about it. But you know, I also during that time where I was like very much like less interested in penises, mm-hmm. um, we were very much. I mean, we are poly. We he uh, kind of right now in our relationship, we're usually like the same level of sluttiness, but he's more slutty than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that he can act on that and that I can participate if I want to and I can opt out if yeah. I want to and it not be any kind of issue because he has needs that, number one, I can't meet because I'm a serious romantic partner um and i'm not a stranger and i'm not a casual hookup he likes stranger play yeah he likes stranger play. Ooh, yeah okay so like i'm not a stranger so i can't do that need i was a stranger one time right right <laughs> and that's a stranger it. who turned into the live-in partner yeah, exactly <laughs> well what was those conversations like because like even though like yeah he's got the freedom to go off and bone other mm-hmm. chicks it's like there's still i gotta imagine the was the say about me thought in the head. At least that's what I would be like. Yeah, sure, I can fuck other ladies, but why don't you want to fuck me? Like, I, was yeah, that well, ever I a talk? Still, no, we were still, like, having sex. Yeah. Um, I would say that, like, the frequency in which we, like, had sex, it definitely has, it's, like, kind of like a roller coaster, too. It sure. ebbs and flows. Um, but was that ever a concern of his, of, no. like, what your desire was towards? Mm-mm. Okay. No, and we also understand and appreciate that sex is more than penis and vagina, you know? Sure. And um, that 
I'm I'm very like thankful that he understands that and also appreciates that. And that if I like am not about penetrative sex, then he he and I can work together on that mm-hmm. to make sure that we're sexually satisfied with each other and that he also gets his like penetrative sex needs met somewhere else. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, it's one of like the perks of being poly is that if you're just like not feeling it or if you're in a low libido phase or you're in a less slutty phase or you're in a, you know what, like you're into this, but I'm not into it right now, then, uh, that person can get that need met Mm -hmm. from someone else. And it's great because it takes the pressure off, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's like... I mean, I feel like we didn't really even have friction during that time because we were able to like honestly discuss it Mm. and we have the freedom to get our needs met from other people. And the sex you were, you were having together sometimes was not like strictly penis and vagina sex, right? Like you were doing other things. So it was, and, and this is such a con the whole, you know, some people would call say this sounds vaguely dead bedroom. Yeah. Like kind of like that. And it's such a common problem. And I know there's a lot of people listen to the podcast who like are in a dead bedroom or they've experienced one. And like, that's such a tough time in a marriage uh, or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's cool that that was a thing that you got, you know, y'all two can work through. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that we've like ever had, I wouldn't say no, because it wasn't like dead, but the idea of like that, it went went down, it went down in frequency and and such. And that's something so that happens to so many people. And I think it's, we're kind of taught to go, Oh, once the sex goes, the relationship goes after it. Yeah. That doesn't have to be the case, but it's mm -hmm. also like understanding that sex changes. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a time, I guess when we like first started dating that we, Okay, so when we first started like dating, we weren't really dating. We um were just like fucking and we had held the like Friday afternoon spot open for each other and it was, you know, a couple hours most Friday afternoons. Like I'm not trying to give up my like prime time Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. He's not earned, either. <laughs> you haven't earned the prime yeah, time. Yeah, like, time. you know, I haven't earned that for him. He had not earned that for me. <laughs> and then we just like <laughs> this is reserved for people who, <laughs> who worked for it. Right. They put in their hours. <laughs> exactly. And so we uh did that and and then we both kind of like recognized that we enjoyed each other's company. So we would have our Friday afternoon fuck and then like hang out for a little bit after um and then we you know just kind of like really slowly over the course of like several months developed you know romantic interest in a romantic relationship Mm. um and so because our relationship has uh changed our sex has also changed and there was a time that it was like satisfying for me to have sex with him like anytime in any place that I could. And um, whether that is in a public place or, um, you know, like a quickie situation, any fucking time that we could, mm. that's like not as satisfying to me anymore. Again, I just like prefer high quality sex. Yeah. And yes, like having sex in public is very fun. Um, I'm not trying to like necessarily like do that, 
with this person that I like, you know, consider my life partner. I'm not trying to do that all the time anymore. Mm. Um, and you know, it's because our relationship has changed. So naturally the sex has changed. And just because the sex has changed, uh, in any way, whether it's like decreased frequency or whatever, it doesn't mean that the relationship's in trouble. It just means the sex has changed. Mm -hmm. And as long as, you know, for us anyway, as long as we've been able to like talk about that and, uh, if something in our sex life needs to change, we ask, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of people problem solve and, Try to come up with solutions. And the know? solution isn't always like, okay, fine, we'll go buy handcuffs. Like it doesn't right. have to, for a lot. It's so many. It's such a common problem. And it's possibly one of the most common problems in marriages mm-hmm. is, is when the sex starts to look like it's decreasing, but really maybe it's just changing or needs to change or something. It's yeah. like fucking talk to each other. Yeah, just talk to each other about it. And <laughs> it doesn't have to be fine. We'll have a threesome. Like if you're saying fine, we'll do this. Like that's probably not a thing you should do. Exactly. Like maybe it is a threesome, but maybe it's something else or maybe it is some non-monogamy or who knows, but fucking yeah, talk to each other. Yeah, just just yeah. talk about it. Um, Ask your fucking dumb partner person. In closing with the uh with me, anything you're Anything I should, I need to hear anything that's been changing that you think listeners should hear? Uh, it's been about a little over a year since you've been on. Mm-hmm. Um, I am definitely different than I was then. You certainly are, yeah. Anything you think they should know? Because you can offer a, per, a particular perspective, I would mm. say. Um, so things that I've been like very, um, that I've noticed and kind of been impressed by you over the past year is well, your I'm just take the lube out while you compliment uh-huh. me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Tell me how much I've grown. <laughs> your willingness to um I don't wanna I, I don't wanna speak for like what this process is for you, but for for me, what it looks like is your willingness to kind of sit in the discomfort of social anxiety. Um and show up in places that you may not think that you're going to be comfortable in. Um, and you may not be uncomfortable. You you may not be comfortable in those situations throughout the like entirety of the night, but your presence just showing up is like huge. Um, I've seen that at parties. I've seen that when I have friends over here and I invite you and you put on a onesie with everyone else. And um, I know that those situations can be difficult for you. But I feel like your willingness to sit in that has um, gone up. Like you're more willing to engage in those Mm -hmm. um, instead of like sit it out Um, or show up and leave, you know. Um, I show up. I'll do my 20 minutes. I shook some hands. I was like, that's all I could handle tonight. (laughs) Right. Right. I do that in comedy, too. It's my one of my big barriers with comedy right now is I'm afraid to go to the places but i was like last night i was like i can go straight home after driving from kentucky we can go to the creek yeah. i'll do the 10 o'clock open mic and i'll probably shake a couple hands and if i want to leave right away i can or if i want to hang out i can yeah um, but i'm like i'm trying to get myself to physically show up mm-hmm. um yeah and i think that for the most part whenever or over the past year and some change um when someone talks about 
issues that you've had in our like sex positive community, your instant. You're, you're talking about when people talk about how big of a monster Billy Priscilla yes. is. Yes. So when people talk, so I didn't really know how to phrase, phrase that. Thank That's you. How I like the phrase. Yeah. It. Billy so Priscilla the monster. When people talk about this like big, bad, scary monster that you are, your um, first reaction isn't like, I mean, internally it's different, I know, but your like external reaction isn't like rage and panic. Um, I feel like you have much more control over your outward expression of emotion, which is, um, I think beneficial for you. Um, I do hear some of your internal dialogue sometimes and like, that's okay. Everyone has like internal dialogue that doesn't necessarily need to come out. Mm. Um, but the way that you're like handling those is, um, much more like emotionally intelligent. Um, and I believe that it's serving you well. Um, and also, you know, I know that you've had some, um, experience in dealing with, uh, one of your exes lately, and I'm really proud of how you've handled that. You know, um, the podcast that you did, um, I, Listen, We're talking about with Shay. Right? With Shay. Okay. I listened to about half of it and then I just like couldn't listen to it anymore. I like lost interest. Um, I didn't think that she was being, I didn't think she was showing up in an authentic way. Hmm. And so I lost interest in it. Um, because I know that you, you put so much into that. And, um, we had conversations before, um, and after. And so I lost interest in it, but the way that you, you just showed up really from um, from a non-defensive place and from a place of wanting to understand. And I think that that's kind of like the root of compassion. It's just like wanting to understand. Mm. Uh, and you were able to do that on, on someone who really hurt you and, you know, who since has like been kind of shitty, um, you know, and you, you still show up with compassion, um, which is something that I have a hard time with. Uh, I've developed from not being a dick to just being like blank, you know, um, or not showing up. Mm. Um, and, and you're able to like show up to this person, uh, with compassion. And I think it's great. I, I want to pitch an art, this article to somewhere, uh, how I, how setting up a sex party with my ex helped me get over the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I have the title. I don't have any words yet, but um, okay. I'm sure w when you sit down and start writing, mm -hmm. it's just going to really come out. Yeah. If any editors are listening, uh, you know, I'd love to pitch that to you. Um, Anna, do you have a, a little time for a bonus episode? Yes. Maybe we'll talk about pussy slave. Uh, and I also had a question about my timidity because we talked about that recently or it was very brief, but I was like, what? Okay. I have questions. I was thinking mm -hmm. about that in the shower today. Okay. Um, for now, thanks for coming, for coming back on. And, uh, I don't think you have anything to plug. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Nothing no to plug here. Uh, but yeah, once you say goodbye, uh, you know, Patreon people, you'll hear this tomorrow. And uh, once you say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, fan whores. Did we enjoy that one? I hope we did. Uh, it was a delight chatting with Anna some more. I mean, we have conversations like this all the time. 
And <laughs> honestly, the the shitty podcast man in me is like, ah, I got. Oh, I wish we had that one on Mike. So it was it was a joy to talk to her. And if you want to hear some more with me and Anna, she's gonna have a bonus episode up on Patreon tomorrow, which will be available to all of my five dollar and up fan whores. Okay, all my five dollar and up members get access to over a hundred bonus episodes. So if you've ever binge listened to all this and been like, ah, I wish I had more man whore in my life, there is. Become a member today. Go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. I would love to know what you thought about this week's episode. You can tweet at me at TheBillyProceda, or you can make a comment on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. I got an Instagram. Did you know I have Instagram again? Not all of you have come back to follow me on the Instagram, okay? I made it. I got back on the gram. Get back on the follow. It's at Billy is Proceda. Chicago, I want to see you there, okay? I'm going to tell you one more time. You get $5 off with the code Billy when you go to manwhorepod.com slash tour. Also at that URL, you can get your weekend pass to Manhorcon. It's going to be a fucking wild time. Wild, wild time. Next week, we have got, oh gosh, she's so cute, so fun, so fab. Laura Delorado, writer, sex educator, body positive activist. She's fantastico. Can't wait to share it with y'all. Uh, but until then, let's all, let's all stay Anna super slutty. Yeah.